Nation SI continue to move forward in the summer months, a little bit of slow time, but at the same time, that allows us to get a chance to catch up with a number of national analysts. Today's guest, one of the best in the business, he's the head of Field of 68 Media Network, Jeff Goodman. Jeff, appreciate you joining. Always, my man, always. It's good to be here and... uh you know, finally slowing down a little bit. You know, I'm here in Boston, so the Celtics get knocked out. The early uh, withdrawal, early entry withdrawal deadline uh, just passed. You know, the draft's coming up in a few weeks. There's still some guys left in the portal. Obviously, one that really pertains to the Zags. But, um, you know, it's slowing down, finally. Finally. I mean, man, took a while. It's slowing down uh, because it was at a breakneck speed for quite yeah. a long time. You know, I, I talked with the USF head coach, Chris Gerlifson, yesterday in recording a podcast and asked him, has he had a chance to catch his breath? And here and there, you know, you get some time, but really it's it's a 12-month calendar now. For you as a national media guy, when is your break or do you get a break? I hate this now. I'll admit, like, it's, man, you know, how old are you now, Dan? How old are you? You're a little younger than me. <laughs> uh, I hate to admit I'm 44 now. All right, you're younger. You're considerably younger. I'm 51. <laughs> but but we're like in that same realm where we we watch this sport now change so much, and it's not what we got into. And on one hand, I love the fact that players are making some money. Okay, I do. Like I love it, but I don't love it with the portal, with everything that's gone on to throw this. You know, like I just. I missed the days when I knew Gonzaga's roster and I yeah. knew it. And there were, there might be like three new dudes, but for the most part, you know, there were guys that, that maybe a guy or two would leave early. It'd be a four year guy or two who'd leave early. And then you'd have some freshmen come in and maybe a transfer or two. And now it's like, I, I said this to you before we got on, I'm like, I got to look at their roster. Like <laughs> I don't know it off the top of my head anymore because everybody's roster completely flips now, not just, Gonzaga's this year, everybody's. So it's like there's only when you get older, you know, you lose some some memory cells as well. So you're you're just like trying to keep track, and it's it's just it's hard because again, what college basketball I think at its core, uh, what made it great was, was the bond between guys like Drew Timmy and Spokane, yeah. right? And, and you're not having that. You're not gonna. You're just not going to have that a lot anymore. Now, again, with bigs, you're probably going to have it a lot more with bigs like Hunter Dickinson and Drew Timmy and you saw Zach Eby come back to school because, frankly, the NBA game has changed to whereas those guys can't go to the NBA and they're not first-round picks and a lot of them aren't even second-round picks. So they're going to come back to make more money. But, you know, for the most part, it's, it's just it, – it's changed and the coaches, you know, are frustrated. Um and, and a big reason why they're staying in is when they look at their uh, direct deposit every couple <laughs> weeks and they're like, you know what? All right. Like, I'm going to go another year. I'm going to complain like hell, but I'm going I'm to go one more year. Uh, yeah. The, uh, the the salaries of coaches have definitely skyrocketed the last 10, 12 years. And now with NIL, you know, it goes from undercover money to now legitimate money. But that's skyrocketing as well. Now, with if you do get downtime, a couple days here or there, what's your go-to in the offseason? Are you a golfer? Are you a fisherman? Do you like to go to music festivals? What is it for you? 
Yeah, I'll go to to me. It's concerts, and as judging by my face, which I don't remember if this is video and audio or not, but uh, <laughs> I'll go to the beach a little bit, and uh, did that the other day up here. There's some good beaches north of me in Maine. Actually, I'm like, believe it or not, I'm in Massachusetts, but I'm Northern Mass, and there's a great place called the Gunkwit, Maine, that's maybe 40 minutes from my house. So we went there. Cool little town. Oh, there's a cliff walk. It's beautiful. So, uh, you know, I'll play, you know, I still play old man softball and, uh, now my third baseman and shorts, I had to move from third to short, uh, from short to third to first and the shortstop and third baseman are like 25 now. So the beauty of it is I don't have to move. They throw like, they throw seeds at me. And I literally, the only thing I worry about is like, is it coming too hard, but I don't have to move. They're awesome. So yeah, combination, go to concerts, uh, hang out. golf is tough for me here's why um i can't enjoy it because of this so like every hole every shot i'm looking at my phone and until i get to a point in my career where i can go out and leave the phone probably in the car sure i just don't know if i can golf more than a couple times a year yeah it's uh I've spent a little bit of time in Maine, a couple games in the G League, but then when I was with the Celtics, uh, Team Doctor was a member at a country club just right across the border in Maine. I'm drawing a blank on the name, but uh, unbelievable drive. It wasn't too far outside of the Boston area. Really nice course. Um, really, really good time to be had out there. Well, the other thing that's so pressing right now in college basketball and athletics in general is conference realignment last couple of days there's been more rumblings about gonzaga to the big 12 yeah. i can't get a straight answer but then i don't have the investigative chops that you have what are you hearing you know i'm hearing a lot of yukon of the big 12 the last couple of days too so really? yukon and gonzaga from opposite coast to the big 12 uh somebody denied it to me today that was um affiliated with the big 12 so i, I don't know we're hearing a lot of kind of mixed signals right now Obviously, both those schools would be great for basketball reasons. They're they're very similar, right? I mean, UConn and Gonzaga are similar. UConn, I, they have football, but football is not very good. Um, you know, they're basketball schools. You know, it's so weird with with his, with the Zags and where they go. You know, because again, like in one sense, it just makes so much sense. Adam for Pac-12 for hoops, like what? What are we doing here? Just add them for Pac-12. Pac-12 needs them desperately for hoops yeah, now. UCLA, USC gone. That's that's a huge void. Yes. Now, again, is it going to be enough money? You know, that, that that's a big question. Pac-12 right now not doing great financially with their TV deals and everything like that. You're going to make more money if you go to the Big 12, certainly. But I just think it makes too much sense not to get Gonzaga in the, in the Pac-12. Uh, and if that happens, obviously – you know, then what What happens to the WCC? It becomes a mid-major league for the most part, right? I mean, you know, yeah. St. Mary's is going to be, I don't know how attractive they're going to be. But again, like from the Pac-12 at this point, I might say, I'll take you both for hoops. I'll take you both. You can, you can stay in the WCC for everything else. Let's work something out here to get you both for basketball because that at least fills the void a little bit of losing. I, I think it does. I mean, think about it. The swap is Gonzaga for UCLA. That's an even swap. In fact, Gonzaga has been better, obviously, for years now. And you could make a case St. Mary's is better than USC. So, like, 
at that point from a bat now again they're not looking at it from a basketball standpoint at the Pac-12 they're looking at it from a football standpoint so it's different but I think sometimes you just want to if you're if you're the new commissioner like fix one thing where you can and you can make it still a strong healthy basketball league by trying to pluck Gonzaga and St. Mary's before somebody else gets his eggs. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to to hear all the insiders like your take on it. But then it's also, I'll, I'll tell you this, it's fascinating to hear random fans take <laughs> about what they want to see and why they want to see it. Um, you know, because th- th- there's no right, an- right or wrong answer. What do you want? Uh, Hell, Gonzaga makes it. You played there. What do you want him to do? Well, see, here, here's the thing for me is I like the WCC. Gonzaga has had immense amount of success outside of winning a national title. Anybody in the country that hasn't won the title would trade Gonzaga's resume. That's right. They're doing it in the WCC. So what's wrong with where they're at? Not a whole lot. Nothing. The only one that I've said this for a couple of years now that makes sense to me is the Big East is a basketball-centric league. If the Big East goes, we have a Western, a Central, and an Eastern division. They have five or six teams in each division. Obviously, you got your East with St. John's, UConn, Georgetown, et cetera, your major media markets. In the Midwest, you got Creighton, Marquette, DePaul. I'm probably missing somebody there. And Butler. And Butler. Those are great schools and great basketball programs. You got your West Coast. You cover it with Gonzaga, probably USF. Maybe throw in a Grand Canyon because of the Phoenix market. You got to go with an LA school. So do you go LMU? You got major media markets across the country covered. And if it's basketball centric schools, I think it starts to make sense. I love it. I love it. I mean, again, and, and people always say, well, like, you know, so far and this and that. Well, even if you're going to the East, like, what are you taking? Three trips a year? Yeah. You're taking like three trips a year. You're staying out, obviously. They're flying private. We know that. I mean, yeah, it's it's further than it would be, obviously, going to L.A. and some of those other places. But they could do it. For three trips a year, they could do it. They do it for non-conference games. Well, they're going to take a – I think it's – they're playing UConn and MSG in a one-game deal next year. So it's similar right. kind of idea. But you tack on a two-game road trip within the league to get it done – um, and, and with all the, you know, one-offs that Gonzaga plays because of their, you know, national prominence, they want to be in Phoenix. They want to be in, you know, uh, shootouts in Indianapolis and in Chicago. They're, they're going to be traveling like crazy anyways. If you were NCAA commissioner for a day, what's the first thing you fix? Hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. <laughs> Is there a laundry list? Well, yeah, there's a laundry list, definitely. I, I'd make the NIL rules. Um, I'd regulate it and 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 make it uh, fair across the board. I'd probably put like a salary cap in at yeah. this point. I'd probably put a salary cap in because I think that's fair. You know, right now you've got some schools, you know, that are that are able to pay. You know, they've got three million dollars in their collective or whatnot, and then you got other schools that just you know, like Boston College here in Boston. Nobody cares. They don't. You know. It's a pro sports town. They're never going to be able to compete for players. I would love to see it be more, you know, an even playing ground to some degree. That would be more fun to me. Um, so that, you know, I'd start with with something like that. You know, I don't love this, the the portal, the way it is. Part of the reason it's been brutal is because you're giving everybody the, the extra COVID year. They should have yes. never given everybody. They should have just given the seniors that year. 
you're going to yeah. do it. Give the seniors that year, and that's fine. And to be honest, most players that year even got most of the year they played. Mm -hmm. So I think that was a big mistake because you got 26-year-olds playing against 18-year-olds right now. And that's just – it's not right. Um, so I I would not give out any waivers. You know, if they're going to do this one-time transfer where you can you can transfer once and you don't have to sit out, okay, if you transfer a second time, zero waivers. Zero, I don't care mental health. I don't care what it is. Don't even apply. Zero waivers. We're going we're gonna to stay tight on that thing. Um, what else? Coaching change. You should be allowed to transfer, obviously. Yeah you know, immediately without even worrying. So that, that might be the only, well, I don't even think I give that exception. You've transferred <laughs> already. You transferred already as an undergrad. That's it. That's it. You got to sit out after that. Um, trying to think of what else I'd do. I like the new NCAA uh, commissioner, by the way, the, the president, Charlie Baker. He was the, um, he was the governor here in Massachusetts. And I'm probably down the middle anyway. Uh, I'm not like a far left, far right guy. Uh, he was a Republican here and a lot of Democrats really like Charlie Baker. So like, he's a guy who can get along with everybody. He's smart, a little bit younger, more in touch than Mark Emmert. So I, I hope he'll be able to solve some of the, the NCAA's issues. Um, um, he'll try with NIL. I just don't know if his hands are going to be tied. Yeah. I think the couple topics that you touched on would be beneficial to get a handle sooner rather than later. I, I've said NIL is going to take a couple of years to flesh out. Uh, I like the salary cap idea because it's going to be like baseball where you got your Yankees and the Red Sox spending as much money as you want. You got your A's spending like literally 10 cents on the dollar compared to other teams. Though That's not a level playing field. Now, is that what NCAA wants of the level playing field or not? We'll, we'll find out. Um, so, so those are things are interesting to me. Now, last question before I let you go. I know you're as dialed in as anybody in regards to players in the draft, going back to school, staying in school. So you're, you're talking to front offices fairly frequently to see where guys uh, may be projected. I, from what I've been reading, from what I've been hearing, I think Drew Timmy's going to get drafted in the second round now. Um, what are your thoughts there? And then what are your thoughts on Julian Strother, where he might fall? Because when he didn't play in the combine, yet he tested out poorly in the physical, it made me think he might have a promise somewhere that he was happy with. So I'll start with Timmy. I agree. I think he'll get taken somewhere in the second, you know, probably late in the second round. You know, he's got just such an unorthodox game that I think a lot of NBA teams feel like, you know, he can stick on a roster. Right, he plays hard as shit. Um, obviously, he's got to work on his perimeter shot. He's got to be able to make mid-range shots consistently and eventually stretch it to three. Well, we've seen this happen over and over right now in the league. Like, I'll give you one right here with with me, Al Horford. Yeah, Al Horford was a great example. Like, he was honestly, he was a low post, maybe step out to to 12, 14 feet, and now all he does is shoot threes. And I think he shot like forty two percent from three this year. So with work, you can become a decent shooter. They're not worried about that with Timmy. They're more worried about, obviously, from a defensive standpoint, who he can guard, right? Like, who can Drew Timmy guard? Can he move his feet laterally quick enough? Those are going to be the things that he's going to have to work on once he once he gets to probably the G League. Um, and he'll probably dominate the G League. I mean, honestly, 
I'd be shocked if Drew Timmy isn't putting up numbers in the G League because it's going to be. Well, I mean, because the, the G League is – is I played there for a short stretch. It's guys that think they're one monster game away from getting a call-up. Yes. So guys are going to try to block eight shots a game. They're going to try to go for every pump fake. They're going to, they're gonna you know, not they're, – they're going to be exploited by someone as fundamental as Timmy. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, Strother, I think he has a chance to go late in the first. I think he's 25 to 40. I think that's what Julian Strother is. And, you know, he's a little bit of a of a, a dilemma, you know, for NBA teams right now because, again, he looks the part. Uh, when he's making shots, you're like, okay, you know what? Can he be a 3 and D guy? Obviously, yeah. his defense has got to be better. He's got to step up on the defensive end and be consistent. And the other thing with him is, like, is he a killer? Well, he doesn't need to be in the league. Like, that's the one thing. We were always thinking, like, he needed to be that dude with Timmy. In the mm-hmm. league, he's going to be a second-unit guy most likely or somebody maybe as your fifth option with a first unit who just stands out there and honestly, you better make threes and you better be able to put it on the floor and get to the basket. So I, I think, again, Strother's one of those guys in the right situation. He could stick and play 10, 12 years in the NBA, but he's got to compete consistently, number one, and again, not be a defensive liability. Awesome. Great stuff as always, Jeff. I appreciate you joining. Uh, continue to enjoy following the field of 68 and how you guys continue to expand and grow. It's been cool to see. And uh, I know, you know, most college basketball fans track that throughout the season and the offseason. So thanks for joining. You got it. I'll, I'll get a lobster roll for you out here in Maine.